You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Yes, here she is. Hi, everybody. It's Sunday, and this is my hour to spend with you. So I know it's been a kind of strange time here in this country and around the world, but we're going to keep it on a positive note. So first, I want to read something inspirational, which I try to do each time, and I want to thank Doug for being there to keep us technologically working on HD radio. This is called We Need to Feel More. We need to feel more to understand others. We need to love more to be loved back. We need to cry more to cleanse ourselves. We need to laugh more to enjoy ourselves. We need to establish the values of honesty and fairness. We need to establish a strong ethical basis as a way of life. We need to realize the importance of the family as a backbone to stability. We need to look more and realize that we are not so different from one another. We need to create a world where we can all peacefully live. Yes, we need to create a world where we can all peacefully live. We need to create a world where we can once again trust each other. And that seems to be the message today. I know many of you have been glued to your TV, and you've probably seen all of the uh, craziness that's been going on with the protesting and the rioting and probably a lot of negative energy coming from those TVs. So I want to suggest something. You know, the color orange, the color orange is a neutralizing color. The color orange absorbs negative energy. So what I want you to do when you go to the market, get a couple of oranges, mm -hmm, put one next to your TV, put one in another area. When it starts to turn colors in a day or two, you know it is absorbing the negative energy. For now, I want you to picture, picture if you will, a circle of orange. And I want you to go right to the top of your head where your crown chakra is. And I want you to take that circle of orange. First, take a deep breath in. No, no, a deep breath. And a huge exhale. Now take that color orange. Bring it right through the crown. Allow it to travel all through your physical body. Absorbing 
and negating and neutralizing any negative energy and let it come out through the soles of your feet and into the ground and replace it. Go to your highest spiritual source and bring in a beautiful, pure, healing, white light and let yourself absorb that. Feel yourself filled with that light. And then encircle yourself in that white light. Yes, form a complete circle of white light around yourself. And then a gold light around that to protect the white light. Now, I know many of you have gone through loss because of this coronavirus. I want to express my condolences to those of you who have lost loved ones from this virus, whether it's a family member, a partner, a close friend. But just know that your loved ones, even when they leave that physical body that we hear, are dressed in, when they pass on, they will be watching over you. They will be sending you communication in different ways. If you listened to the last, or not the, the one of the last programs, where Bill Guggenheim talked about after-death communication, talked about the 12 different types. Know that your loved ones will let you know. They will send you signs. And so, although I send condolences, I also hope that you will find peace in knowing that the soul is eternal and your loved ones will be by your side. So let's take that white light, all of you who are listening, and let us spread it out over your community, over your state, over your country, fill the entire planet with white healing light. Healing is so needed. And it will come because we are going through a change. And sometimes in the midst of that change, it is painful. But no, that sunshine does follow the rain. I hope that doesn't sound too hokey, but it is. Once we get through that change, I saw those, I saw 
all of those people on TV. Some of them were there for the right reasons. Some of them were shipped in from other places. I also noticed a lot of them weren't wearing their masks. And so much for uh, social distancing, or what I call anti-social distancing. Um, today we have... I, I'm really excited because it's always... It's always exciting to have a colleague on the program with me. And this is someone I know you're going to want to talk to. So get your pen ready. And I tell you this all the time. Because we have several phone lines. And if you want to talk to him, or if you want to talk to me, or if you want to see if there's a message coming through for you, the number... You ready? The number is 888-627-6008. You want me to repeat it? 888-627-6008. You know... Most people who do the type of work that I do work in different ways. I always like to ask my colleagues, people that I respect, what process they use or how things come to them. You know, one of my favorite TV programs that I used to love to watch I'd wait for it each week. It was called Ghost Whisper, starring Jennifer Love Hewitt. Some of you watched that. Maybe many of you watched it. My guest today is a pioneer in the mediumship movement. He's known throughout the world. He's written many books. One of the books is a book that I particularly feel comforted with. And it's it's about children growing up with intuitive or mediumship ability. And I'll ask him about it. But let me introduce my colleague, a man I respect for his authenticity and his caring for others. Welcome to Discover Your Potential, James Von Brog. Hello, Cindy. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your words. Uh, it is my pleasure, and I truly respect what you've done as a medium, as a human being. You're caring Thank you. for others. Thank you. Um, I don't know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about what's been going on in this country and now around the world. Um, have you been feeling it? I, I, I keep going into spiritual attack. Yeah, I, I just, I, I was listening to you speaking, and I, and I agree with you, and I was thinking the exact same thing. When I was seeing these 
it's unfortunate, these riots, because I believe in protests, and I believe there's going to be a change, and you can only make change if, if you're seen. But there's a part of being seen and then, then destroying that by being riots and destroying and looting and burning. and that, That's not a way to be seen. That's the opposite. So if you want to be heard, you stand up and make a calling for sure, 100%. Right. But don't do it in a violent way, because then right. it just falls. No one will listen then. Then they'll go against you. So um, that's not the way to do things. Um, but as you said, I agree 100%. It's a transformation. We're going through a major transformation right now on the planet. It's a shift. And, I, and in 2000, you'll remember when they everyone talked about the big change in 2000. Big change is coming. you got to get right. ready. Y2K. You gotta, and so this oh, right. Thing. Everybody was thought the world was going to end as soon that's as... Right. But... That's right. Well, that's <laughs> happening now. That's happening now. Because what we thought was the world is over, and we're going through this change, and that's exactly what's happening. And people have be, are being forced to be more aware, more awake, more spiritual. And if they don't get into it, they're going to be left behind. So this is why right. these things are happening. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting. I've told all my, my students and people I work with that, mm-hmm. you know, this COVID, when the first thing said, stay home, go home, stay at home. And to me, immediately, I thought that meant go into your soul, go home, see your soul self, go within yourself. Exactly. We have this time off right now to really explore going into our own souls and, and really questioning, assessing our lives. Are we doing what we came back here for? Are we making the world a better place? How do we look at things? You know, are we coming from fear? Or are we coming from love? So I think it's a, an incredible opportunity for us to go within and look and see and, and, and be different. And I, I think that um, that's the world is now. Anytime you're going to go through learning, anytime there's, and we have to remember that this earth school, it's a schoolroom for our soul. It's one of many right. schools, right, that the soul has. And this is one of the hardest places because you have souls of all different levels of awareness. You have nursery school souls, you have grade school, you have postgraduates. And this is a place where all those lessons are together. You have all the different levels of spirit. So it forces you to have different dynamics, different uh, scenes, if you will. And we have to go within ourselves to do the best we can do. And so we're having the situations to force us to grow. And any time you have growth, any time you have to learn something, it's never easy. There's always a pain part. And right exactly. now we're in that pain part. And right. like you said, we will get to the other side with the sunshine. I thought it was a great saying, the sun after the rain, because it's very true. But we have to go through this in a mindful way and a respectful way, not going burning cars and looting buildings. Go through a, a mindful way that people will actually hear you because if you burn things down, destroy destroy structures and so forth, they're not going to hear you. They're going to get angry. They're going to get angry, and you're defeating what you want to do. And and I agree with you. Where was the mess? <laughs> What's that about? I mean, come on, it's common sense. <laughs> and it's we're, we're here for each other. You don't wear a mask. It, you're, you're hurting another person. It's not just about you. It's about each other. That's the major things of this virus. We're here to understand that we're one. O N E. We're all together as one unit. We're not separate exactly. from each other. The right. greatest illusion we have in this physical world is that we're separate, but really we're not. And that's what we're here to learn as well. And you know, I just wish that more people got that message. We're all here as one. We're all part of something. So, so true. I, I had a near-death experience about 12, 15 years ago, maybe now. And I, I remember the first thing that when it came out of my body was the sense of a tapestry. And I realized that out of everyone's, like, top of their heads there was a cord, and, and it goes to a major tapestry throughout everyone, and that we're all connected in this tapestry. Mm-hmm. And the positive, loving thoughts we have fall into that tapestry and create a beautiful tapestry and press and everyone feels that. 
or if you have negative thoughts, it goes into that tapestry, and it creates this negative space that everyone has to experience. And we're here to make it positive and beautiful. And I know at the end of our lives, we go back home, we look at that tapestry, and we see what we influenced. What did we do? Did we do our part? Did we make the world more beautiful, or did we not? And I'm, I know that I have to go through that to tell people, you have to be respectful. You've got to be responsible for putting light and love and happiness into that tapestry and in yourself. And that's the way, if you want a happy life, you've got to be happy. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, turn off the news, put some music on and dance around your home. I, I, for this COVID thing, I, I realize everyone's going through fear and there's negative news all the time, which I, mm-hmm. I haven't watched since the political parties for the first time that happened that Trump got in office. I stopped watching television. I just did. And, uh, news. And then what I did was for the COVID, when that first started, I thought everybody's going through fear and, and uh, really heavy fear. And so I started on a Facebook, a Facebook live every afternoon, 12 o'clock uh, Pacific time, uh, pro called Soul Care. And it's a good half hour to 45 minutes of me talking about things, dancing, songs, mm-hmm. meditations, mm-hmm. answering questions, a place for people to go to have joy and happiness and a community. So that's one thing I did. And, and, people need and to what's it called? Out. It's called Soul Care. Soul Care. Soul Care. So that's on my that... Facebook, Facebook Oh, it's blog. on your Facebook page. Yes, Soul Care, every day, 12 o'clock noon, Pacific time. Okay, and did everybody fantastic. hear that? Yeah, everyone should listen Soul to that. Care. It's great. And Soul Care. James Von Prague's. Yep. It's important. Uh, it's important we keep our minds with us. We, it's important that we stay grounded in this time as well. Right. Because new energy is coming in. We're shifting to a higher vibration, and we have to stay grounded. Have to. Right. Yeah. Now, were you feeling a lot of this months ago as I was? I was. <laughs> I was, actually. You too? Oh, I was actually, I didn't uh-huh. predict it, but I said there's something coming up, yep. and I said it, 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 something's going to affect the entire world, and I right. thought it was going to be the food chain, but something's going to hurt, it's going to be sick, people are going to be sick, and that was all I got, and then when it started, I think this is what I was tuning into, um, right. sick. and now I think it's going to the food chain with the meat, but it's, it's a time, I just got really clear that it was a time for us all to come together, and when they said you have to stay at home, that sense of going into yourself. Isolation. Isolation, but isolation, as we know, is it's a fabulous opportunity to be with self, to learn about self. We're so busy in that outside world, the phonetic world out there, making money, going to jobs, doing this. We never take the time to sit in the stillness of our being and just be with who we are. And right. sometimes we go through a lifetime not knowing who we are until we pass over and we have a life review. But it's important that, and this is a gift, that we have the time now to go within to ourselves and find out who we really are. I, I told my the people I, I, when I was talking on my soul care, you know, this is a great time to do what you always wanted to do in your life but didn't give, get have an opportunity to do it. So whether it's dance, whether it's learning a, uh, an instrument, whether it's doing a jigsaw puzzle, whatever it is. And I always wanted to be a, um, a go into a musical. And the musical was Little Shop of Horrors. And I always uh-huh. wanted to play the Seymour role. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, one day when it gets to where I'm ever staying, I will try to audition. Well, I live in San Diego, and I noticed that in February it came out for an audition for that part. So, it's and it was the San Diego Playhouse. San Diego, it was one of the San Diego Playhouse, one of the theaters right. here, local theaters. And it was going to be on, of course, online because of the COVID. But what did I do with it? I'm going to audition. Okay, I'm 61 years old. The, the part called for a 35 year old. <laughs> I cut all my hair. Well, I, di- I dyed my hair black, and I shaved off my mustache. And oh, I got these, no. These, oh, sure. Got these big glasses. 
I had a musician, a uh, guy who helped me with music, and I actually, I have a very good voice, and I actually did uh, sing 37 bars, and uh, the audition went really well, and they said, you know, and I didn't go into Van Prague, I went under a totally different name, mm-hmm. because I didn't want them to know who I was. Right. And the producer said, you did really well, but we had 200 applicants. So unfortunately, ah. unfortunately to make the role, but we're glad you you tried for it. And I was glad I tried for it. It was a process of it. It was something I've always wanted to do. And I'm very proud that I did that. And that's why I tell everybody, you do something you always wanted to do. Now is your chance to just do it, to give yourself that time. So, yeah, so it, it's, it's a, I think it's an opportunity now for many things. So you you've performed also. I did. I was on. I did a lot of off-Broadway, and I gave up my theater career to do spiritual work. Mm-hmm. And I so said, you and I have a lot in common. Oh, do you? Yes, yes, theatrical background. I was a child performer and sang, and then oh, there you go. Uh, went to Emerson, and my voice teacher took a position at New England Conservatory, and she insisted that I transfer there and graduated there, but um, I was doing a local TV show in Boston. And Tody Fields, the comedian, sure. was one of the guests. And she said, I can't say exactly what she said on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you know Tody Fields, you know what she said, yes. <laughs> right. But, I mean, to paraphrase, it was, what the heck are you doing in Boston? And I said, I live here. And she said, not for long. So she brought me to New York. And uh. her manager became became my manager. And wow. uh, so, and I I was in New York performing, performing up in the Catskills, the Borscht Belt, sure. uh, Miami during the summers. And, How uh, great. I mean, Miami in the winters, I'm sorry. Yeah. The Catskills in the summer and in between. And um, got to perform with some wonderful, wonderful people. And then uh, I kept picking up things in the audience. And I remember just, Walking, I was singing at the Fountain Blue in their main, in their main nightclub, and I, I left the mic and I went up to this fellow sitting at one of the front tables and I said, "Listen, you're not going to lose your business. Someone in spirit is telling me it's okay." <laughs> and I went back to them, and the the uh, stage manager said to me, "You're not supposed to do that." I said, "I couldn't help it." The poor guy thinks he's going to lose his business. So, I I mean, it just, it was literally, when I was in my late 20s, my grandmother, God rest her soul, said to me, go home and start your real work. I said, look, Bubby, I'm doing my real work. And she goes, no, not this singing nonsense, your real work. (laughs) And... um, so I went back to New York, closed up my apartment, sold my antiques, gave away my baby grand piano, went wow. back to Boston, and thought, okay, what am I going to do now? And people just started <laughs> wow. calling. Wow. People just started calling. But sure. So you've lived in New York as well. Yeah, I'm from New York originally. I'm from Queens, and I, I grew up in New York. I actually worked on... Uh, when I went to college with the Hunter College in Manhattan, and my father mm-hmm. was a stage head carpenter, head carpenter at the Royal Theater on Broadway, and my grandfather also was. It runs the family. My brother is still there. Now it's called um, a, a different name. 
But uh, yeah, and what I just they do? You, you were talking too fast. I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. You. It's my New York. Uh, I was. Uh, <laughs> I worked. Uh, when seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. I worked on Broadway uh, as a stagehand ah. for uh, show Grease, original Grease, and uh, yes. a Day in Hollywood, Night in the Ukraine. Whose life is it anyway? So I was a stagehand, and I kept on looking out at the performers on stage, and I thought, I could do that. Why don't I do that? So I went back to school to get my degree in, in writing, uh, sitcom, uh, broadcasting. So I literally have a degree in broadcasting. So mm-hmm. there you go. And, and I there you it. are. I've used it. I communicate, but maybe in different ways. But I've used it communication. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think, I think because of all the years of performing, that it helped me understand that my work. It, it came through my voice, and it it made me comfortable with doing radio work or doing yeah. a lecture, or um, I or just great put meditation. Up, yeah, I put a, I put up a complimentary meditation of, uh, several weeks ago for people to help them relax and look within during this time. Right, but. Um, so what what brought you from the theater what you got, <laughs> to what I do now? Right. I was always very uh, in tune. Uh, now I mean, now when I look back, and I, you know, I've, I've seen this for many forty years, I've been doing this work. As a child, I used to see spirit, uh, and I remember I was in my crib. I was three years mm-hmm. old. I was in a crib, or what, what the three year old be in? And I remember my parents were out in the living room, and this was in Bayside, mm-hmm. Queens. And it was about 9.30 at night, and I wanted to be out in the living room with them, and I just cried my eyes out. And mm. I remember my father came in and gave me one of those big lollipops, those big round lollipops. Right. And I and I, I remember I threw it somewhere, and I, he yeah. went to the back of the living room, and I was crying. And every night, this gentleman would be in the corner of the room with white hair and blue eyes. And he would have some kind of a mobile thing in his hand, and he'd come over to the bed, the crib, whatever it was, and he would like play with that with me, and I'd be uh, amused by it. And mm-hmm. every night I looked forward to seeing this man. Well, years later, when I was probably about seven or eight years of age, I was sitting with my grandmother going through a photo album, and she turned the page, and there was that man. And I pointed and said, that's him. That's the man who used to visit me. And she said, oh, that was your grandfather. He died before you were born. Uh, and, and I loved this man. And I've uh, had... That was one of many visions as a child. In, in the first grade, I, I went to a Catholic school in the first grade. Um, my mother was very Catholic, and my father was not. And the, uh, I, I remember that I was, what, let's say it must have been first grade, so seven years old, I was, and I said to the lay teacher, I walked up to her, and I said, um, your son got hit by a car, but, but he's okay. Oh. And she said, huh? And she was go back to your seat. And I, I saw this happening. I was clairvoyantly saw this. I didn't know what right. it was as a kid. So now, when she thing, said that, how did you feel? I felt bad. I felt this is not this is not right. She doesn't understand. And then the principal came in to get her five minutes later, and then she came. Then the late teacher came back, and she called me up to talk to her. And she said, "How did you know that? How did you know that? Uh, my son was playing soccer, and the ball went in the middle of the street, and he's hit by a car, but he's okay. He just broke his leg." And I said, I just saw it. And I, and I started crying my eyes out because I thought that because I saw this happening, I created it to happen. But that's what, how so many, so many children who are empaths, who have strong psychic ability or intuitive ability or mediumship, 
they feel when they sense something that's going to happen, they feel they either caused it yes. and made it happen right. or, you know, that it, and having worked with youngsters, and I, I know one of my favorite books that you wrote is Looking Beyond, yeah. talks about helping children to understand their ability. Well, Cindy, I just want to interrupt for a second by saying that when you think about this, a young child in their mind, their mindset, they've just come from the spiritual world. They've just come from there. Right. Really, in their mindset, that's how it works. You create with your mind. So in the spirit world, when you think of something, it materializes instantly. So right. when you come back to this physical world and you're a young child, you think that's still the same way it works. But, of course, it isn't. So I think that's the problem. I think children are still very aware until probably eight years of age until the adults and the teachers say, no, you can't do it that way. You've got to do it this way. You've got to get an A on the test. You've got to live up to, the, you know, then we get to the whole, you know, wanting to please people. And, and I, I have to please them to receive love. You know, we get into that whole programming, if you will, from age seven on. And, and I think people stay there. To, I call them the people pleasers. Many times, sometimes they stay their whole life. Or sometimes they're mid-life and they question their life. And it's all because they look back and they think, wow, I didn't live my life. I lived somebody else's life. I'm not happy. Right. right. I find that quite often that happens as well. Right. And I, I think, too, you know, children, children for the most part, will tell, tell their family the truth. Exactly. If they, they feel something, the if they sense something. And if parents say, oh, it's just their imagination or, you know, yeah. if you had told your parents about this man who had the the toy that, and he he was visiting you every night. They would have said, oh, he's got a vivid imagination. Isn't that nice? And that's imagination. And I, I, as a child, was told, uh, you know, keep your mouth shut and go sit on the couch. (laughs) Well, same, same, same. Because I would just go up to people and say, you know. Same thing. We must have grown up the exact same area because I'll tell you the same thing. Go sit on the couch and be quiet. Don't tell anybody right. about it. Don't say anything people, to don't anybody. Don't tell anybody about it. No one else sees like you see. Don't tell anybody. Right. Oh, don't okay. just say, I'm sorry, Uncle Nathan. You're going to have yeah. a heart attack next week. <laughs> the family's going to look then, over crazy. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and then, <laughs> well, there's some people that say you have to be a little crazy to do this work anyway. Oh, for um, sure. And which is I love. <laughs> I'm sure. I love this. You know, I, I feel blessed that that I can touch people's lives in that way and and help them understand that the spirit is with us I, it's you know Cindy, I would like I say it a different way I say that you know if we have the per- uh, perception we have the understanding that number one we're a soul having a human experience, not the other way around. We're souls that come back and have a human experience, but we're always souls. And those people that leave the physical body are still around us. They're just in that soul body, but it's just like they go into a different room. So when you think of a loved one passing, they go into a different room. Or I I was when you were talking about in the beginning of the show, I was Mm -hmm. thinking what I got in my head was, you know, we're in the lobby. We're in the lobby, but your loved one is (laughs) on the third floor or up on the top of the roof, but they're still in the same building. That's (laughs) right. They're still in the same building. They don't just disappear. They're not a figment of your imagination. 
I think it's just terrible for us to think of that. I want to share with you and your your listeners a, a quick reading I did years ago, and it really changed me, changed everyone that heard it. I use it now every demonstration. A young man came through to his parents. He, he passed away in a car accident, and a drunk driver hit him, and the drunk driver survived. Well, the boy came through. He was 23. He came through to his mother and father in the audience, and uh, he said to his mother, because before that, we are talking about um, thoughts are real, and he said to his mother, I lived 22 years, but all you think about is the last day I died. That's all you do. Why do you do that to me? Wow. And he said, I died once. Don't make me die every day with your thoughts. Hmm. So that, wow. that really goes to show you that our thoughts are, they see our thoughts. Oh, sure. Doug, do we have a caller? Do we have a caller? We do. Anita online five. Doug, I love your voice, Doug. What a great voice. Doesn't he have a great voice? I've been telling him. I'm smiling. He's got a great broadcasting voice. Yes. What's her first name? Anita. Anita. Okay, Anita, welcome to Discover Your Potential. And you're you're on with James Von Prague and me, Cindy Gilman. All right. Thank you. Hi, Anita. Hi, James. Hi. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. Oh, man. Okay. What's yeah. your question? So, my question is, uh, I lost both of my parents when I was really young, so, mm-hmm. both of them. So, I don't know what's going on with them. Is, are they there around me? And what are their names? Three, one. Um, I can't hear you. Amina. Okay. My, my mom's name is Amina, and my dad is John Dean. Who's fam- which side of the family spoke another language? Uh, Farsi. Okay. Both well, somebody is speak speaking another both language. Both of them spoke a different language. They both spoke Farsi. Oh, really? Did they both? I'm not asking you questions. Did they both speak Farsi or just one? I think the mother's side. Uh, they both. No, they both speak Farsi. It could be someone else maybe around me, but they both okay. speak Farsi. Okay. It. Was it your grandmother who took you in? No. Um, there's another woman. There's another woman in spirit who says, I raised her. Hmm. No. What are you getting, James? No. Oh, I, I, I just get your mother and father both around you, but your mother's showing me rings, like these rings on her fingers. She has rings. She loves rings on her fingers, different types of rings. Yes. So I don't know if you have uh-huh. some of her rings. Would you have had some of her rings? Or rings no, I don't. Mother? Actually, my sister got okay. them. Yeah, my sister okay. got them. Wasn't there a problem with you getting her rings? There was an issue about you wanting her rings and never got them? Yes. Yes, okay, because I noticed about yes. the rings. And there was also a fallout with yes. the family. When when your mother was ill or something about, there was a separation of some kind. Does that make sense to you? Yes, yes. Okay, so he talks about that. And your father's a very strong man. He's a very strong man. I don't know why he keeps showing me a mustache with no mustache. A mustache and no mustache, but that's what he's showing me. And he stands up yeah, to your mother. Yeah. I feel your mother kind of gets very ill, and I feel like she gets to a, turns to an old lady. She like she like almost like bends down, and I feel like it just fall out. It, that's part of the feeling I have with her. Um, but oh. in her day, and, and when she was in, when she used to, she used to have a scarf when she was younger, she used to wear a scarf. She yeah. said to me, and you would have a photograph yeah. of her with a scarf on. Yeah. Anita, did, did you go through some health issues a while back? A while back. Uh... No. no. Who's the person who is going through the health issues? 
That's my sister, actually. The sister who got the rings? The oldest sister, uh, I don't think so. Your older sister is going through health problems? No, actually, this is my younger sister going through some, um, she did, a couple of my sisters, but not me. Okay, because your mother wants you to know that okay. she was watching over them through this time. Oh, wow. Thank you. And the, is there a splintering in your family? Is everyone splintered not all together? Is it splintered your family? Can I say it that way? Oh, uh, I so don't they know. So they used to be much closer than they are now. Yeah. And your mother wants it together. And is there a candelabra that belonged to her or the family, a candelabra that was in the family? You know what that means? Candles on a table. No, I don't. Okay, so when I, would you understand about a, a family gathering where there was food and you sat at the table and had yes. a family gathering when you were a young right. girl, the family was all together? Yes. Remember that? That's a memory she gives me. And if you go back on that time and you look at that table, there would have been candelabras on that table amongst all the foods. And I, I see the grape seeds. I see a lot of, like, uh, also some native foods there. And the lady kitchen, kick in the kitchen cooking it. I don't think your mother, another lady. But and I'm seeing, I'm seeing a woman bending down to pray. Oh. Yes. Who is it? That would be my grandmother, my grandmother. Okay. Is yeah. she, and she's passed on also. Oh, she did, yes. And you have Many an aunt over there as well. Oh, she's, yeah. she's, got, she's got a whole army, a whole yeah. bunch of people. But the aunt likes to make the food, so I see that. <laughs> oh, oh, how is she doing? Because she was doing she was fine. They're fine. They're out of it. <laughs> They're oh, great. Oh my goodness! That was your aunt. The aunt was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So who, Anita? Who raised you? Okay, my mom was. Uh, okay, my dad. I was fourteen. Um, he got killed by the Russians, but my mom. I was 22, actually, when I came here. She passed, yeah, before she was visiting here, so she passed. That's so when I came here in America. who did you come to stay with here? With my sister, my older sister. Okay, so it's your sister yeah. that raised you. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, that's okay. my sister. Can I well, just Anita, thank you so much for calling yeah. in. Okay. Thank you so much. I okay. so appreciate it. Thank You're you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Doug, do we have another caller, or should we take a break? Uh, we don't have another caller at this moment. We can go to break. Okay, one moment. Let me give out the number again. Um, it's, get your pens ready, 888-627-6008. We're going to take a short break. My wonderful, fabulous guest, James Von Prague is here today, call in, talk to him. I might put my few cents worth in, <laughs> and we'll be right back after these messages. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. And I guess we're back. 
For those of you who just joined us, this is Discover Your Potential. I'm Cindy Gilman. I just want to mention that uh, from now on, I know you just heard a promo, from now on, all sessions will be done by phone. And today, my very special guest, and I consider him my colleague, I hope he'll be my friend. Um, <laughs> Without saying yes, of course. <laughs> he's a um, spiritual medium and uh, script writer and producer. Uh, yeah, all all around great guy, James von Prague. So we're back before um, before we get back into um, a little bit of your background. If people. I know you're teaching classes. Yeah. So if people want to connect, and you're doing them online, correct? I'm doing classes online. I'm doing demonstrations online. I'm doing psychic readings online. So the best way is, is to go to my website, and that's my last name, which is www.vanprague.com, and that's spelled V-A-N-P-R-A-A-G-H.com. And on this page, it tells you how to connect with me for uh, – my school, which is the JP School of Mystical Arts, and that it gives you a link to go there, and that's where everything is. So, uh, last week everything we had eight, is there. Everything, everything is there. Anything every, you want is there. I do all Zoom calls. I do. I do about I don't know about twenty Zoom calls a week for for all different types of things. So, yeah, if you need masks, if you need wipes, <laughs> if you need Kleenex, it's all there. <laughs> it's all there. It's a survival <laughs> kits, right there. Yeah. <laughs> It's the spiritual survival right. kit. Soul survivor. That's right. Soul survival. And so, you so know, I wanted what? to mention earlier, Cindy, you, you know, you talked about the, we talked about the creativity of when we were younger with the singing and so forth. And a lot of people don't know that, but it's that creative force, that, that energy, that we also use in mediumship to bring through the spirits. And I think that, that's very true, that that creative force is used that way. And um, I, I think really good mediums are ones who are so, so very good uh, entertainers, if you will, or are able to act and sing. They use that creative force. Do you find that? I do. I yeah. do. In fact, I find that many of the people who who are very creative have very strong empathic ability yeah. because it comes through that same that same, that same area. And... Um, you know, I always say, uh, not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychic. Very much. That's exactly right. And exactly. Um, so, one of the things, I mean, I, I know you've talked about some of your background, where you went to school, you you did some writing for some of the TV shows. I did. I did. I, I have a, uh, I mentioned earlier that the broadcasting degree, and um, I was, I, I, it's a very, it's a very typical Hollywood story, I guess you could say. Um, I was promised a job uh, by a producer on Hill Street Blues mm-hmm. to be a production assistant, because I was, um, I met him at a broadcasting conference in San Francisco, and he said, yes, come down to L.A. by July 7th, and you could be part of the MTM family, and you could be in that show. I said, great. Mm-hmm. So I went back to New York, and I got all my things for my family, and I bought a used car, put everything in the car, and my mother had a stroke, and it should oh. a bad stroke, but she couldn't speak, and she was in the hospital, and I had to leave in order to be at the L.A., and I was oh. driving across the country, and I had to make that choice. Do I stay with my mother, or do I go follow my dream? And that was a very tough one, 
But I knew my mother would say, you need to follow your dream. So I, I did. And uh, I got to L.A. And to make a long story short, they were wrong. The producer never returned my phone call. I was in L.A. I had no, didn't know anybody. I had no place to stay. I had to find out everything very quickly. And, uh, I mean, obviously Spirit was in, in charge of this whole thing. But it ended up that I ended up these um, uh, different jobs. And eventually I got a job at a, a talent agency, the William Morris Agency. And that's mm-hmm. when I, I, I was doing sitcom writing. I was writing pilots for situation comedies. And I actually sold two of them. And um, in the meantime, of course, the mediumship came in. But and the mediumship, through the mediumship, I was able to do um, two movies for CBS, uh, one based on my life uh, called Talking to Heaven, mm-hmm. uh, starring Ted Danson, who plays me. Uh-huh. And it did very well. It was a number one miniseries for CBS uh, besides Jesus. Jesus was the first one, then, then my, my one. Uh, one. <laughs> and from that, the, uh, the head of CBS at the time, uh, Nina Tesla, she said, can you do another another one, another movie for us? Because it did so well. I said, sure. So I came up with an idea and worked with a scriptwriter. And uh, we came up with uh, another sort of The Dead Will Tell, the movie Dead Will Tell. And it starred Anne Heche. And mm-hmm. I remember we filmed it in New Orleans. And it was during one of the breaks where they were setting up a scene. And a girl comes over to me. And she said, excuse me, Mr. Van Prague, um, can I ask you a question? I said, yes. She said, I just finished a pilot for a TV show. Can you tell me if it's going to go? And I said, what's the name of it? She said, it's called Desperate Housewives. And this was Eva Longoria. Uh, and I said, oh, it's going to change your life. And mm-hmm. sure enough, of course, it did change her life. Wow. Well, years later, when I was filming Ghost Whisper at Universal, we filmed in a studio right next to Desperate Housewives. And huh. I went to have lunch at the commissary. I'm sitting at my table, and who comes down the aisle but Eva Longoria? And I hadn't seen her since. So I looked over at her. She looked at me, and we both screamed. And I ran over and said, well, was I right? Did it change your life? <laughs> so that's one of my fun stories, a lot of Hollywood stories. That's a, that's a real fun one. Yeah. What, I, you know, I always, people people often think that being a medium is so easy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes, I, I, I mean, I've had some pretty strange experiences when people have tried to come through to me to give me a message either about a client um and and I've been tripped I've been pushed out of bed <laughs> wow <laughs> yes wow. and um what's the strangest experience you've ever had well or, you know I, I always tell people I'm more afraid of the living than of the dead because the living can get to me not the dead are okay I'm okay with them and I'm pretty protected right. as far as guys and I'm okay. It's the living that I have the problem with because the living just don't know what to do with you and they think you're a freak. And I, the first thing I did, which is really when back in the late 80s, early 90s, I was really the first medium to ever deal with the skeptics. And I didn't even know what a skeptic was. I didn't even know what a, right. I, somebody do cold reading. I'm like, I don't, what does that mean? So I had to deal with all those people. I kind of took the bullets for everyone because they were just pounding and hounding me left and right. And that was tough because in my heart, my soul, I knew what I was doing was real. I knew this was truthful. And right. to have somebody deny it, it's like, how can you do that? That so right. for me, that was the hard part of mediumship. We talk about the hard part of mediumship. To me, that was very hard. And that was hard because, just like as a child, you know, that story I told you about, I saw the kid get hit by the car, and right. he said, get back. It's that sort of thing. It's a denial. It's like, and then I tell people, listen, whoever you are, what other people think of you is none of your business. And you can never run your life on other people because that's their stuff, not your stuff. So at the medium, I've always found the living the harder ones to deal with than the dead. The dead, this is very interesting for people that are listening. Um, I, I, 
people think that just because people pass into the world of spirit that they know everything and the secrets of the right. universe and so forth, and they don't. They're still the exact same level they were when they were on the earth. They're the same mindset, if you will. So maybe they're a little more expanded in their consciousness, but the mindset remains the same. So I was doing a demonstration one, and um, this girl's aunt came through, and mm-hmm. we talked to the aunt, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this man come toward me with his arms are folded. He was a spirit man. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was this young girl's father in the spirit world. And I said to him telepathically, do you want to speak to her? And he said, why would I want to do that? I didn't believe in this in life. Why would I believe in it now? Wow. <laughs> so, wow. That's a real strange one, isn't it? Wow. And, and sometimes I'll get from someone in spirit, I never thought I'd be talking to you one day. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. And, that, and, and here's another here, funny one. I, I was doing right. a demonstration once in, I don't know where it was, what city, and a lady, uh, a message came through for a lady in the audience. She needs to stop smoking. And they were, I think it was her mother, and she was adamant, you need to stop smoking. Well, three years later, I was at another place, and this woman came through and took her husband in the audience. And it was that same lady who was smoking. She passed over from cancer, and she came wow. back and she said, I should have listened to you. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was strange. <laughs> yeah. But you've never had anybody throw you out of bed to get no, a message? No, 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 no. Never had, never had that. No, nope, never had that. I, I, I know when you first open up and you develop, certain things can happen. Um, one of the strong psychic impressions I first got when I was developing, I was um, ironing a shirt uh, for, for work, and I'm looking at the television, and the space shuttle is there, and I'm like, oh, it's going to blow up. I just knew oh. it. Sure enough, 10 minutes later, it blew up. And I just knew it. I started crying, and I called up a psychic friend of mine from England, and she said, James, that's unfortunately, that happens when you're, when you're an empath, when you're sensitive. You will get things like that. You can't, you, you see them. You can't control, that's, that's, yeah, that's one of, one of the issues. You just, when you pick up on things that you've, can't control that you can't stop it from just aware of it you see and it's like well if i went to someone what would they say or there's nothing i can do to change that using up they think i'm crazy (laughs) so you know but you know and and getting back to children you know kids when they pick up um you know when they're they pick up things that are going to happen they think they caused it um the precognitive kind of, I know uh, my son used to pick up on plane crashes, and, it, you know, he he really, he was very young, and, and at that point, he wasn't even able to read, and I said, um, I said, okay, can you spell the name of the plane on the side of the plane, and he would spell out, you... S A I R U S Air, and then a few days later, we'd see on TV that this U.S. Air flight had crashed, and I'd say to him, "See, you didn't make that happen. You just felt it was going to happen before it happened." Yeah, and it might have also been a past life with him. He might have uh, died in a plane crash, so that was probably might have been in his soul memory so strong when he came back that that would emotionally connect, of course, with him, too. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any recollections of past lives for yourself? Oh, several. Oh, yes, yeah, several. And, you, too? And it's, 
thing because every day I kind of like I open my mind up and, and I used to like force, but now I just every day I just send it out the intention that I'm open to anything. If there are memories of past lives or whatever happens, happens. So I'm, I'm really every day I spend kind of open to what experience I'm gonna have. And just yesterday I was aware that um something came on, a word came on television, or I heard someone say something, and I knew that I was a merchant ships. I was a trader in merchant ships. I had it very strongly. I knew I was once a, 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 a capture, a slave in a, a trading ship as well, and I was chained. I was, I was down in the down in the middle of the, the boat or the ship, and I was uh, helping to move it, you know, steer it, and uh, paddle with the rest of the, the, the gullies, you know, the, the slaves down there. Um, mm-hmm. And and we there was a wave came and killed us all. I knew that, and I was chained. I couldn't go anywhere. I was also very aware that I was. Um, oh, this is an interesting one. I once went to Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss, um, mm-hmm. past life regressionist, of course, from mm-hmm. the one in the world. We did work together for many years, and he did an exercise with the audience, and I did in the back of the room. I wanted to do it too, so I did. And he said to the audience, "Just imagine, just ask a question about, you know, any question you want about a past life." So, and then he put us like kind of under a nice little easy uh, place, uh, birth down, if you call it that, and. I asked the question, why am I a medium, and why am I doing something on an international? Why would I be known on television? Because I'm pretty shy, so why would I be known that, you know, on television and doing this work about the dead people? And it was so interesting. When I started, I just looked up, and I saw myself standing there with a mustache and the blue eyes. And all of a sudden, uniforms, military uniforms came and went. All these different mm-hmm. war, war uniforms, the American Indian War, the French Revolution, um, all these wars in Europe, and I was always the general. And I was always in charge to tell my men when to go in and kill people. Wow. So now I came back in this lifetime to heal millions of people about death. Wow. And that makes sense to me. That really makes, a, you know, hits a core. So were they in different countries at different times? In different times? countries, in different lifetimes. Uh, right. And I was always that same position of a general and telling my men, I was responsible for through me, to tell them when to kill millions. So I had to come back in this lifetime to heal millions about death. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, you know. And I had to go on that global level because it had to balance out all of those lifetimes. And that, you know, I had to go on a higher level of popularity to to reach more people to balance it out. So that makes a lot of sense to me. That feels right within me. I had when I think I was like in my twenties. I think I was in my twenties. I had a memory flashback of several lifetimes within a short period of of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was experiencing the past lives, not not the, the actual past lives, but right. it was so it, it it was so clear. It was down to such definitive detail. And um, I mean, one went back to ancient ancient Japan. Wow, and um, and I was sitting and playing this instrument, this string instrument on my lap, and I was helping my father, who was a teacher, and he was painting these symbols on cloth, and uh, there were men sitting on the ground, and I would come out and put the cloth on. It looked almost like a clothesline, and um, and then I would come out. And and give them this little cup of of um, it was almost like a fish soup that I was cooking for them, and and then there was another another one. Um, okay, um, 
I'll have to tell you about those another time because okay. we're almost running out of time. I know. And I, I have so much more I want to talk to you about. Um, will you come back again? Uh, we'll do it another time, of course. We'll do it another time. Oh, lots excellent. Now, sure. once again, if people want to reach James Von Prague, if you want to take one of the classes, if you want an online session, um, it's Van, Van Prague, P-R-A-A-G-H dot com. Should we give out the school website sure, also? Too. J- J- yep, JVP. JVP School, school of, of Mystical, Mystical Arts dot com. Okay, that's JVP School of Mystical Arts dot com. James, thank you for spending part of your Sunday with me. Uh, Let us uh, all hope that people get the message that we are definitely going through a change to make things better. Doug, thanks for a great job today. Thank you, Doug. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, play me out with my past life singing. Yeah. <laughs>